Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Welcome home to Sugar Hill Church. Come on, say yeah. Come on, doesn't that feel good? All of life is a climb, isn't it? I mean, some of us are on a climb for a better jobs. Some of us are on a climb to find a spouse. Some of us are on a climb to get rid of a spouse. Some of us are on a climb praying that God will give us a better spouse. Some of us are on a climb because we need money. Some of us are on a climb because we need health. Some of us are on a climb because our 20-something-year-old kids are driving us back crazy. Just saying. And all the 50-something said. And all the 20-something said, why? We're totally independent. We don't need your money even though you pay our cell phone. Okay, I totally got distracted there. But all of life is a climb. And you know what I've learned about the climb? Seriously, it's always just not so easy. We have seasons in our life where the climb is brutal. I, I've had them, haven't you? I, I feel like I'm kind of in one now. Jenny and I were talking earlier in the week. It's like, you know, Lord, why is it that right now everything we do comes hard? I mean, what, what, what in the world? But, you know, if, if the climb was easy, we'd, we'd all finish it, wouldn't we? But not everybody finishes the climb. There are folks who bail out on a marriage when they're six months away from a breakthrough. There are folks who give up on their kids when they, they're one prayer away from coming back. There are folks who give up on a job because they just want it all today. There's a million reasons why the climb gets hard. Sometimes we create the, the difficulty in the climb just out of being stupid. I, I think so many times I make my climb so much harder because there are seasons in my life I'm just stupid. I know y'all never do that, but I'm, I'm telling you, I do. There are times when people around me are stupid and they make the climb more difficult. I know that never happens in your family at all. There are times when the climb is hard because it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. And the scripture says, you know, this life is not easy. This is why we live for heaven. And this is, this is why we're so grateful. This is a temporary location. But the fact is we're all on a climb. That's why we're, we're in the second week of the climb and yet kind of the third week in the resources for the crime, climb. Every, every Monday through Friday, there's a blog that you can subscribe to and it, it'll take you four or five minutes to be, to be able to read this blog and it's a resource to help you climb. And whatever your climb is to help you in this journey, to overcome getting past halfway, to get to where you're, you're going to finish your climb. Uh, every Monday through Friday, there's a podcast that lasts about five minutes that's scripture-based that's going to give you some help in the climb. Uh, every Friday, there's a thing called Four for Friday that's a bank of resources that'll help you with the climb. And then posted up by, the, by about noon tomorrow is a, is a replay of today's service that you can use in audio and video to help with the climb. You say, well, what's up with all these resources? I, I have this great desire for you, our church, to never have to look back in your life and say, I wish I would have, but you could look tomorrow and say, I know it's going to be better than today because I have the hope of glory at work within me and I know that he wants that for my life. Now, that doesn't mean tomorrow is going to be easier, but it does mean tomorrow is going to be better. I mean, I've discovered that if it were easy, we would take all of the credit for it and we would leave God completely out of it, which kind of is the entire story of the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. 
It's, it's the story of why Jesus in the New Testament had to come and rescue people like us out of just our own selfishness and sin and, and foolishness so that he could say, I want to give you life in abundance and I want to give you life eternal. But you know, there's a there's something to people who have the capacity somehow to just kind of keep going on the climb. And, and we see these people in our life, it's, they're, they're kind of all over the place. There's folks where you just know they're gonna, they're gritty people, you know? It's like, argh, they're gonna get through it. You can count on these people. It's, it's fourth and goal. There's two seconds left to go in the game and everybody in the stands is thinking, don't give it to him because he ain't got enough grit to get there. Don't give it to her. She doesn't have enough grit to get there. Give it to the person who's got enough grit that, that we're gonna do this. You know what I've learned about grit though is that grit is one of those things that it's, it's not unique to males, it's not unique to females. By the way, it's not unique to extroverts or to introverts. It's not unique to people who are naturally bold and people who are naturally contemplative. It is not unique to any unique temperament or personality style. It is unique to people who trust that the creator God wants to pull you through the seasons when it's hard so that when you get to the seasons that are good, you can remember to thank him for the grit he gave you to stay on the climb. But you see, if, if we believe that grit is something that we can receive externally, like the affirmation from people, then we have already failed. In, in my first couple of years of being a pastor here, I've been here about five and a half years now, my first couple of years, you know, you know what I totally loved? I loved it when y'all would come up to me and say, oh, pastor, that was awesome. After, after about two years, a light bulb went off and I realized the same four people tell me that every week. And I'm thinking to myself, dear Lord, there's 1,500 people here and four people are telling me every week, oh, pastor, that was so great. Somewhere in there, 1,496 people walked out of here and said, eh, whatever. That'll bless you right there. But you know what I realized? As long as I am being fueled by the affirmation of people, I have set myself up for failure. Because you see, what if we could learn that the only affirmation that truly matters in our life is a pat on the backside from the Holy Spirit of God when he says, you're my kid and I'm so proud you did it my way. What if that were be, what if that is where grit exists? What is that, what if that is where gritty people come from? I think, it, just think about that. I mean, don't you like to be around gritty people? I mean, unless you're like in total sit by the pool with an umbrella in your drink, chill out kind of mode, which right now you're thinking, that sounds great. But being the fact that we're 131 year old Baptist church, you know, it, it's just got fruit punch in it. Come on. I know y'all better than that. Wait a minute. I know me better than that. Uh, but I love to hang around people that are gritty. They just, we're going to get it done. You know, one of my favorite people that have been kind of new to our church, I married this little couple, is old Jeremy Catoo down here. You know, he's just one of these gritty kind of dude. He married so out of his league. It's unbelievable. I mean, his wife is drop dead gorgeous. And I look at him and think, only God could do that. <laughs> Am I right, bro? This is a gritty guy. All right, let me go to the other side of that aisle. And here's a guy that's literally, I think he stepped off the boat with Noah. This guy is so old. 
like Frankie. <laughs> Frankie is the oldest member of our church and is still cool. Like when he's still playing honky tonks on the bass, you know, and and he can move like he still got it going on in 1972, you know. Somewhere in Frankie is this built-in Sly in the Family Stone thing, though. Like when he's playing the bass, have you ever known? you got to watch him next time he's playing the bass. I promise you he's got a Sly in the How many of you still remember who Sly in the Family Stone is? Okay, do you remember? Their bass player kind of have a, kinda have a, a thing. When, you're, when he's playing, it's kind of like this. <laughs> every song, right? You watch Frankie, whether he's sitting down or standing, every worship song kind of has the same slide. And every time I see that, Frankie may be 104, but he's still cool. <laughs> but you know what? When I know, I know Frankie's story, this dude's got grit. That's why I like to be around him. Don't you like to be around people who's got grit? And I miss Betty down there. That, that girl's got some grit now, you know? Like when that girl prays for you, it's gritty. You know, it's like, God, do something. I, it's like, I know the Lord's ears perk up a little bit more to hear Betty. It's like, I come to the Lord and he said, well, you need to talk to her more. Don't you like gritty people though, seriously? Like my wife is gritty. You know how I know that? I feel it. There are times she's so gritty that sandpaper just leaves me without skin. Always in love though. Back in 1969, John Wayne was a star. He won an Academy Award for the movie True Grit. Nobody, nobody's cooler than John Wayne was, right? I mean, you were talking about, this is a guy that had grit, right? Now, you know, when Jeff Bridges remade that movie a few years ago, he was like a stoner knockoff of John Wayne. John Wayne was great. The story is this, this, this young lady, Maddie, whose dad gets killed by the bad guy, hires Rooster Cogburn played by, 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 by John Wayne, which by the way, is that not like the coolest name ever? I promise you, if my name was Pastor Rooster Cogburn, we'd have 10,000 people here today. <laughs> Who doesn't want to come here, Rooster Cogburn? Speak on the glory of God, right? <laughs> you just got Chuck, you know? So if you ever see my name change, like on a card or something, it's like, okay, that's gonna be a fun Sunday, you know? But they go, through, they just go through Hades and back trying to get the thing done, right? To get the bad guy. And at one point when it's all said and done, uh, Maddie looks at John Wayne and, and, and he's playing Rooster Cogburn. And she says, Mr. Rooster Cogburn, you know what you got? And of course he looks at her like, eh, you got true grit. Come on, man. That's pretty good, isn't it? You're going through the middle of an ugly divorce right now. You know what you need? True grit. Your, your kids have walked away from everything that you have loaded them up with with faith, and you're praying your guts out for them. You know what it's going to take? True grit. You lost your job. You don't have a savings plan left over. You're in debt up to your eyeballs. You know what it's going to take? True grit. But let me remind you again, true grit cannot be found in an external source, especially found in the affirmation of people. You can read every single John Maxwell book and watch every Tony Robbins video and still never get grit. You, you, can, you can go to every business seminar, you can have every time management thing to, known to man and miss grit. So where do we go and get this grit? Where do we get gritty? Isaiah in chapter 40, the prophet Isaiah, 
writes this world-renowned passage. And, and, and it's one of those passages you hear in a whole lot of formats. Like one of my favorite movies, of, maybe my favorite movie of all time is Remember the Titans. You remember the, Remember the Titans? I love that movie because the way they portrayed high school football in that time was exactly like high school football was in my time. That was before coaches couldn't kill you. You know, if they did that now, they'd throw them in jail, right? And, 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 but when watching that, they've got this one kid on the team called Rev. And he's this super charismatic African-American kid. And I, I just love the part he plays. And he shows up and he sings this passage. So in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the text says through the, the prophet Isaiah, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Now let's drop back, say those last two words with me, ready? New strength, one more time, new strength. This is a big concept, not the strength you once had, not the strength somebody else has, new strength. And now we're gonna see, but what will happen with that new strength? They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. I don't know about you, but I, whatever that is, that's what I need. I have seasons in my life right now where I'm just exhausted. I have seasons in my life where I am just frustrated. I have seasons in my life where I wanna quit. I have seasons in my life where I feel depressed. I have seasons in my life where I feel like I'm riding a roller coaster of emotions. And I have seasons in my life where it's just, God, I wish to anything you would work on somebody else's character and leave mine alone this week. So if that happens to you, it is an answer to my prayer. But I don't know about you, but I need all that grit. The context of the prophet Isaiah writing this though, is that the nation of Israel, which is God's chosen people, these people have now been taken over in about 587 BCE, and they've been, they've been taken over by the Babylonians, and they've been carried into captivity that's going to last 55 years. And over those 55 years, many and even most of those people survive it. I mean, think of what the nation of Israel has been through. I mean, it, by the way, this is just one of a million reasons why America must stand with Israel. This is one of the million reasons why America must take seriously the scriptures and we must stand with Israel. And this is not a political thing. This is a spiritual thing. If we are a nation under God, we must stand with Israel. Now that doesn't mean you're anti-Palestinian. What it means is you gotta be pro-God. We must stand with Israel. You know, it, you may hate Benjamin Netanyahu. As for me, I'd have voted for him to be our president. But at the end of the day, it is essential because these are God's people. They're in captivity for 55 years until this dude by the name of Cyrus, who's the king of, of the Medes, he comes and liberates these people. And in the time that he liberates these captives, what happens is Nehemiah and Ezra and the other leaders have rebuilt the city of Jerusalem and the temple. And so what's happened is they have been freed from captivity and out of that captivity, they have rebuilt their land and refound their life and gotten back on their climb. Right now, if you're with me, go, mm-hmm. And if you have no idea, you left me a little while ago, hmm. Thank you for your honesty. There are a few of you that went that way. Go back to sleep, we'll catch you up later on. Can you imagine what it was like for them to be freed? Well, of course you can. Imagine the Austrian or, or the, the Polish or the Czech or the French Jews 
thrown in those Nazi death camps. Imagine, imagine the freedom they felt when the allies came and rescued them and opened those gates and began to give them food and give them hope and life again. Can you imagine the freedom of that? I can get back to my life. I can get back to the climb. And yet everything that they've experienced in the middle of that heartache has prepared them so that when they are on the climb, they can stay the course. You know why? Because in that season, the God of all creation is the giver of all grit. Now, if you're going to tweet anything today, that's a good one. All right? The God of all creation is the creator and giver of all grit. You see, we, we cannot move forward on the climb without grit, and we cannot get grit from anything other than the creator who invented grit for our life. You know, if you were a toy that had been uniquely created by one special toy maker and there were no other copies, it was just you. Now, there's some of you that are a little more unique than others, right? I mean, I, I, I totally get it. Like, oh, Chris Short, he's just a little more unique than most people, you know? Which, which is one of the reasons I love you, bro. Seriously, but you're weird, you know? I know, his wife Tina's coming, you have no idea. But you know what? If it's grit makes us a little unique. It, it, makes us a little, it makes us a little special. It, it causes us to, to need this, this personalized connectivity from the creator to us. Because you see, we, we have a plan that the divine had before we were in our mother's womb for our benefit, for us to succeed, for us to have impact in this life and for his glory no matter how weird you are. You say, well, I, what, what do we do then? Why are we here at church talking about grit? Well, in Isaiah 40, the first part of that chapter, we know, we hear it every Christmas when we hear Handel's Messiah. And then inevitably, you read a little further in the text and you hear this thought, the voice of one that cries in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Why are you here today to hear this message, to hear this teaching on grit so that you might prepare for the way of the Lord in your heart and in your life and in your soul, that you might make straight in the desert a highway for your God to do in you what only he can do. This is why when you gather for a worship gathering, while it's wonderful to have music you light, while it's good to have lights that move around, while it's nice to have padded chairs and an air conditioning system, it is better to come that we might prepare a way for the Lord to give us grit for the journey and the climb. And that's what I want to share with you today. Can you imagine the grit it took to work through those 55 years in, in the midst of captivity? Can you imagine the grit that it took for those men and women in those death camps? It took a huge, massive infusion of grit. The kind of grit, the kind of strength, the kind of inner strength within ourselves that is not from us, but carries us through unspeakable hardships through the presence of Almighty God, through the Creator, the divine. Isaiah goes on, and many people call the 40th chapter a hymn of hope. I, I think that's awesome. To find grit gives us a hymn of hope, something worth singing about. He says, beginning in verse 21, haven't you heard? Don't you understand? 
Are you deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. Last night, I, I took our, our dog out and um, it was, uh, it already gotten dark. It was starting to cool it off. The rain had moved on from where we live. And I walked out and I could see the moon. I could see the North Star and I could see many of the other stars. And I thought to, my, I thought to myself, the Lord has built a tent of protection He has built a covering over his people so that when we must walk out from the tent, we go with his blessing, knowing that when we come back to the tent, he can refuel us with grit. Maybe you're here today and you got no grit left. Maybe your grit meter is just totally pegged in the zero. You might be underground in your grit. You may be underwater with no grit. But listen to me, it is God who governs your events and circumstances, and it is God who governs your soul, and it is the creator, the divine God of all creation, sustainer of all life, who gives to you the grit for your climb. Nobody else's climb, your climb. He specializes in your climb. Whatever it is, wherever it is, whoever it's with, whatever it's for, he is the giver of all grit. And then the powerful words toward the end of this text, starting in verse 28. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, they will find, say those two words with me, new strength. I love that, man. New strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. It is grit which gets people through the climb. But there's only one source to get your grit. You're not more gritty because you're bold. You're not gritty because you're an extrovert. You're not gritty because you're a natural born leader. You're not gritty because you're an introvert. You're not gritty because you're contemplative. You're not gritty because you're brilliant. You're gritty because the presence of God says, I'm going to carry you through this. I'm going to give you courage through this. I'm going to pull you through the parts that are mired down in the muck and the mud. And on the other side, you're gonna learn to give me glory for that, which means I'm gonna unload an entire bucket of grit on you to finish the climb. So if you're here today and you say, man, I got no grit left, go to the one that owns all the grit and then ask for some. You say, Chuck, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I wasn't here last week. I heard you did that little meditation thing that freaked me out a little bit. So here's what I want you to do. Put your hands in your lap. If you're one of those people who can close your eyes without thinking about lunch, that's cool. I am not one of those people. I am getting really hungry. Odds are good I'm gonna finish on time because I'm hungry. So if I close my mind, man, I'm going to a club sandwich so fast. So if you can't do that, don't go there, all right? But I I want you to know there's something that is uniquely awe-filled, wondrous, and reverent when we come before the divine with the unique desire to not just speak to him, but hear from him. So just do this with me. Take a deep, deep breath in through your nostrils. Hold it for a second. Let it go.
Do it again. Let it go. It's not there for any magic in the breathing. It's there to stop your head and your soul from where you were to where you are. Thank the Lord that you're in his house today. Tell the Lord you're so grateful his love endures forever. Let him know that you trust him. And then whatever it is you need to ask the Lord to do in your life, ask him. Talk to him about it. Tell him. And now stop for a minute and listen for his voice. I like to finish that time of meditation with singing. I cannot sing, but I like to sing. And when I was a kid, every single service that I grew up hearing started with this little thing they call a doxology. If you know it, sing along with me. If you don't, just fake it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. He is good. He is worthy of our praise. And He cannot wait to answer your prayer. Let him give you grit. He is the one that can mount you up on wings like eagles and let you run and not grow weary. I believe with all my heart the source of true grit is faith in God's abiding faith in us. I love that. That the source of true grit could be our abiding faith in the divine and his unending faith and love for us. There's a book written years ago. It's not a Bible or Jesus book. It's a research book. It's, it was entitled, How Children Succeed. In that, I, I, I pulled this quote. I wanted to read it for you. How is it that some people achieve great things and others don't? The answer? Hmm. The difference is not intelligence, skill, or native ability. It isn't cognitive at all. The difference lies in, in character and traits such as discipline and persistence, self-control, gratitude, courage, and conscientious. But the one dimension that matters more than all the others put together is grit, the ability to keep going despite repeated failures. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about you, but I have a, earned a Ph.D. in failure. But to keep going through them is not on me. It's not on you. It's not on our circumstances. It is on the creator of all grit, the sustainer of all life, God himself, the divine. You say, well, Chuck, you just don't know how many times I've tried. You don't know how hard I'm working. You don't know what all I'm going through. You remember William Golding who wrote The Lord of the Flies? He pitched that book 
to 21 rejections before somebody published it for him and he won a Nobel Prize. I mean, you remember J.K. Rowling wrote this minor little book about a boy with glasses and a scar on his forehead? Twelve publishers said no before one said yes. Did you know that the Beatles were told that guitar music was on the way out, Hector, and they would never make it? What were they thinking? Come together. All right. <laughs> Michael Jordan's junior high school basketball coach cut him. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper because he didn't have enough imagination. Mother Teresa was told nobody cares what happens in the slums of Calcutta. Martin Luther King Jr. was told to go home. Nobody wants to hear about civil rights. And there's probably some out there telling you, you need to stop too. You can't do this. Nobody's done it like that. That's not how it's done. In all my, in, in, in all love, seriously, in all love, let the voice inside your head say to that person quietly, shut up. The God of all creation has called me to rise up on wings of eagles, to run and not grow weary, to get on the climb, to not stop, that he will carry me. Because he promised and he is the promise keeper. So listen, the source of true grit is faith in the divine's abiding faith in you. You were created to climb. With all due respect, go climb. Stop dog paddling, go. You were created with a bent toward the divine. Go meditate and trust him to give you grit so you might go. Lord, would you give our people power? And when they're weak, would you give them strength? Even when they're young and when they become weak and tired and when they fall in exhaustion, would we trust in you, our Lord, our God, our provider, that we would find new strength in you, grit that is found only in you, and that we might soar high on wings like eagles so that we will run and not grow weary, and we will walk and not faint. Go get your climb on and never grow weary in doing good, for his love endures forever into all generations, including yours and you. Lord, we love you. Fall on this place. Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.